HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to The Farm Report, hosted by Heather Hyman and Jack Inslee. Happy Cinco de Mayo. What's up? You're listening to The Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jack Inslee. Heather Hyman. And we have been graciously brought to you today by Edwards Farm, Surrey, Virginia. Visit www.surreyfarms.com for more information. And uh, I know I wasn't here last week, Heather, unfortunately. What did I miss? You missed a lot. I'm um, talking about urban agriculture, which we'll be talking more about today as well. But we had Ben Flanner of Brooklyn Grange on um, air with us. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about that project, um, they're still looking for some funds. You could go to brooklyngrangefarm.com and uh, learn about what they're doing to uh bring food to uh, the urban area around here in Brooklyn, Long Island City, and New York City. Yeah, it's a, it's a Kickstarter account, right? Uh, yep, you'll see the link when you go to their website, uh, Brooklyn Grange. They've got a lot going on, and we are really excited about their one-acre lease that they just signed on the rooftop in Long Island City. Um, mm. And that brings us to we have um, on air with us today. We have Erin um, Fairbanks of Flying Pigs Farm with us today and of uh, the New York American Farmland Trust, as well as Nevin Cohen, a professor of environmental studies at the New School and an urban food policy expert. Erin, are you with us? I am. Hi, Heather. Hi, Jack. Hello. Hey, Nevin. Nevin? Yes. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing very well. Heard you were here this past Saturday to celebrate uh, May Day with the Brooklyn Grange crew. I had a delicious barbecue and got to uh, say hi to Ben Flanner. Mm, those were Gabe McMacken's ribs, right? I think he cooked them. Uh, they, they were delicious, um, and, and uh, it was a great event. Well, glad that you guys were all, have all been down to the studio. Sorry we can't have you here in person today. Me too. I wish I was there eating some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely soon. So um, we've got some uh, an interesting event coming up in a couple of weeks, Monday, May 24th, at the Astor Center here in New York City, um, which I think is what's bringing you two together, um, Aaron and Nevin. Do you guys work on things um, on the norm, or is this bringing you two together for the first time? Um, Nevin and I, um, this is the first time we're working together. We have talked a little bit over the last few months um, with looking at different grad school programs and when you're looking up, you know, food systems and studying planning and policy issues around food, Nevin's name is always at the top of the Google search. <laughs> so I, I hunted him down and he very graciously kind of helped shepherd me through 
um, some different parts of the grad school application process, and I'm excited to say I'll be um, heading to the new school in August. Um, so hopefully we'll get a chance to work together a lot more. I'm very excited that Aaron's going to be uh, getting a master's in, in urban policy and focusing on food policy. Me too. <laughs> we need more people to focus on this. Seriously. So what's Farm Camp, Erin? Uh, why don't you explain it a bit? Yeah, sure. Um, Farm Camp is a program that we ran up here at Flying Pigs Farm uh, last September and October. Basically, it's a, a one-of-a-kind educational opportunity for professionals working in food service, food media, um, food and farm advocacy, um, food investment. Um, we bring them up to the farm and give them a chance to learn about the challenges and opportunities associated with agriculture production and distribution in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, we do kind of a bunch of different things. We visit some farms, processing facilities. Um, we, we talk a lot about farmland and food policy. Uh, we bring in some real leaders in both those areas to, to chat with our groups. And then we, you know, we do a lot of good uh, old-fashioned sampling, um, eat lots of local products, um, and then get pretty hands-on with <laughs> some actual um, farm stuff, castrating piglets, collecting wow. eggs, touring cheese caves, every camper, um, you know, slaughter their own chicken. We visit a milk bottling plant. Um, all the time, you know, we're talking with the producers, we're talking with the processors, and trying to figure out kind of how um, we can work to shape the regional food system into a food system that we can all be proud of. Nevin, had you have a, have you had a chance yet to uh, experience a farm camp? I have not, but it sounds like a really, really uh, wonderful opportunity. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to come visit this summer, though. Yes, definitely. You guys should all come up. We should do a radio show from the farm. From the farm camp. Not a bad idea. We are definitely into it. So what is this Room to Grow um, event that's happening at the Astor Center? Why don't we talk a little bit about um, why we're putting, why you guys are putting this on? Well, one of the things that, you know, at, when we were wrapping up, uh, we ran four sessions of farm camp in the fall, and there was all this really great energy, and people wanted to get involved. They were like, okay, you came, you know, you brought us here, you taught us all this great stuff, like how do we take this conversation and turn it into action? And one of our campers, um, Kimberly Koharki, is the events director at the Astor Center, and they very graciously um, donated their space for us to do some kind of ongoing um, demos or presentations for our farm campers and then for the general public. So we... At the farm, kind of have been talking a lot about urban agriculture. Um, there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately. You know, you open up the, I think this Sunday section, the style section in the Times, there was a piece about um, some of Ben's work and Annie's work. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to think about, like, how does urban agriculture fit into agriculture in New York State? And, you know, what, what's going on in New York City and, wh- and what does it look like? And we had a lot of conversations up here at the farm about it and thought it would be interesting to explore that issue a little bit more with people who are really experts of that. And so we, we you know, asked around and talked to a lot of people and put together this pretty solid panel to share some of the stuff that's happening and some of the needs of that movement and figure out, you know, how we, how we rally the troops and start getting some stuff going. So, Nevin, what do you hope that um, to come from this uh, sp- the, this talk, Room to Grow, on Monday, May 24th? 
Well, you know, there's a, a lot happening in the world of urban agriculture and food policy. It's, it's really an exciting time to be in this field. And uh, uh, you guys at Roberta's are, are kind of at the epicenter of, uh, of, of the movement. Uh, you're, at a, um, you're broadcasting information about food at a restaurant that uh, has its own gardens and farm and is connected in a lot of different ways to other people, uh, really trying to, to create innovative entrepreneurial ventures that will help to diversify how we produce our food and um, um, help to create an alternative to the, the conventional uh, global food system. So it's, it's very exciting. And what I hope that the Aster, Aster program will do will uh, give people some sense of the exciting things going on and, and help them come away with some concrete ideas for how to get involved and how to change the system. Now, Nevin, what are some of those concrete ideas? Like, what would an ideal model for you be in terms of food production in New York City? Um, there's no ideal model because uh, I think a diversified system is really important. Mm-hmm. But um, there, there are lots of things that people can do, and it, it really depends on an individual's uh, expertise, inclinations, interests. And so um, at the individual level, it might mean um, changing the way your business operates, whether it, it, it purchases food um, as an institution or has an opportunity to actually um, uh, uh, prepare food in a, in a different way. Um, and then uh, everyone is a, a member of a community and mm-hmm. should participate in government, and policy is really important. So we want to give people some ideas of how not just to change um, one's own behavior, but actually influence broader public policy. So at the city level, it means uh, uh, participating in uh, policy initiatives by writing to local legislators to tell them you support uh, um, food policy. Uh, Chris Quinn, the Speaker of the City Council, is working on an omnibus food policy bill, so uh, contacting her office and letting her know that uh, people care about that legislation and want to see it um, encourage the city to, to, to operate in a different way with respect to food is important. Right. Um, uh, writing the mayor to tell him that Plan YC 2030, our sustainability plan, should address food because currently it's silent on the issue of hmm. how our food is bought and produced. Uh, so those are, and, and, and at the national level, I mean, there are organizations all over the country working uh, to make sure that the next farm bill in 2012 Mm -hmm. really supports urban agriculture and Mm -hmm. there are folks working to make sure that the child nutrition reauthorization supports uh, sustainable food for people who uh, are uh, in need of food stamps and and WIC Mm -hmm. support and that school lunches are healthier and use uh, regionally produced food. And Nevin, are there any cities in America or elsewhere in the world that really do have their, their stuff together in terms of policy and urban agriculture that you could point to as an example? Uh, there are lots of cities that are that are that are doing more than New York is. Although New York is actually uh, a hotbed of creativity in the entrepreneurial sector, and also um, we hope we'll have some really innovative, progressive public policies soon. Uh, uh, San Francisco, uh, uh, Mayor Gavin Newsom issued an executive order last year that called on all city agencies to look for land uh, available for urban agriculture. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Seattle has a pea patch program where the city is investing a lot of money at the neighborhood scale to create community gardens. Uh, Portland, Oregon 
uh, created a diggable city program to support urban agriculture throughout the city. Um, and Detroit, as people probably know from reading the newspaper lately, is looking for urban agriculture to be a way to create economic development in mm-hmm. a very uh, depressed city with a lot of vacant land because there's been so much disinvestment and lots of vacant lots. Wasn't as a there? Result. I'm sorry to interrupt. Wasn't there a program where uh, one of the Ford factories, I think, was was trying to grow a garden on a roof? Or am I mistaken? Uh, that was a green roof that uh, architect Bill McDonough developed for okay. the Ford factory, but it wasn't a, a productive food-producing roof. But there are lots of exciting efforts uh, in places like Detroit, largely at the community level, to, to create large-scale community gardens. Mm, great. All right, guys, well, we're going to take a very quick break, and when we come back, we want to talk more about how protecting farmland upstate might tie into all of this as well. So you're listening to The Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network. Enjoy some new knife show. We'll be right back. Listening to the Farm Report. I am Jack Inslee here with Heather Hyman. We're on the Heritage Radio Network. Uh, if you are hearing this live, you can call in at 718 497 2128. Otherwise, you can always hear us on the archive at heritageradionetwork.com. You could subscribe to our podcast by searching iTunes for Heritage Radio Network or the Farm Report. Um, yeah, we're, we're everywhere. And we're here having a discussion about food in New York City. With Aaron Fairbanks and Nevin Cohen. And Aaron and Nevin, in a perfect world, what percentage of food do you think could be grown for New York City in the city itself and its surrounding areas as far as all the way upstate New York? Wow. Um, (laughs) You know, I know that uh, Cornell, I think, just issued a a food shed study where they said, you know, under optimal diet conditions, so like... a particular balance of, you know, um, meat and vegetable and dairy consumption. Currently, New York State produces enough food to feed about 6 million people. Hmm. Um, so I, I know Manhattan, I think, has, I don't know, 8, eight million plus Yikes. right now. Um, so I think that there's, there's a, a lot of um, opportunity for us to be, to be 
to be growing more and to continue working to look for kind of innovative ways to protect land um, that's currently available for agriculture production and then in an urban center to be looking at kind of interesting spaces where we can grow food where food hasn't been grown before. I mean, on a percentage? I don't really know. Nevin, what do you think? Well, we're actually doing that uh, research uh, right now. There's a, um, uh, a, f- a fellow working with Grow NYC, um, Mara Gittleman, who's, who's got a project to actually measure the amount of uh, produce being produced in community gardens throughout the city. Uh, we, we, we don't know yet how much is being produced. But I did a back-of-the-envelope calculation. Uh, I think that uh, distributed agriculture is uh, an important way to think about growing food in the city, so backyard farms using um, small spaces intensively. Mm-hmm. And there's about 50,000 acres of uh, yard space available in the five boroughs of New York. And uh, if you just gardened about 10% of that, not intensively, but as a normal garden, mm-hmm. you could produce enough vegetables to feed about 700,000 New Yorkers um, given their current consumption. So uh, it's not, it's not going to feed all of us, everything that we need, but it could make a huge dent in our our food needs, and it could help uh, people in low-income neighborhoods supplement what they are eating with lots more fruits and vegetables. Mm. Now, I hear a lot about, um, you know, urban agriculture in the city and protecting farmland upstate. Does uh, does Long Island play into this at all, and do you guys ever consider it in these discussions? I think, um, you know, of course Long Island plays into it. They have, I think, a very kind of particular uh, growing climate and political history. I am not an expert on kind of what's happening there. In particular, I know American Farmland Trust is working area, kind of reaching out to um, different farmers there and looking at, you know, putting easements on land to protect that land and to keep it in... um, to keep it in farm production, but it is, you know, it's right on the urban edge. There's a lot of development pressure, and it's, it's hard to tell somebody that, you know, they should keep farming when they can and sell their land for, you know, millions and millions of dollars. It's mm-hmm. another reason I think, you know, when you're looking at the state budget and where, or where things are going, why allocating money to um, farmland preservation is so important, because once that land is paved over, you know, once you build a house on it or put up a shop, it's that farmland's gone forever. You know, we're not knocking down houses to put up farms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the other way around. Definitely. And it also means building the infrastructure so that it's it's more profitable to farm in the counties that are surrounding New York. Uh, it means transportation infrastructure. It means uh, processing infrastructure like slaughterhouses. And it means marketing infrastructure in New York City um, right now. Farmers from the Hudson Valley are, sh- are are selling their produce through the Philadelphia market because mm-hmm. Hunts Point is uh, so inefficient, and they don't want to sit waiting for uh, un- uh, an unloading day. Um, so getting the infrastructure right in New York City is really key to making the regional farm economy work. Now, do we think we have um, like some of the right people to talk about this? I know we're talking about bringing you know, conversation to action, but to this event on Monday the 24th at the Astor Center? Do you think we have the right people to help, you know, bring some of this to action? You know, some of these people that need to really help fix the infrastructure. um, Do we have these people listening to us or involved in these conversations? I think that, you know, people in, in, you know, policymakers are definitely listening. I know Nevin mentioned, you know, Councilwoman Quinn, also Mm -hmm. the Manhattan Borough President, Scott Stringer, um, his office in February released a 
a program called Food NYC, you know, a blueprint for a sustainable food system, and there they kind of focus on, you know, 10 different specific issues with action, action steps um, for looking at, you know, food in New York City. Um, urban agriculture in particular, you know, they, they are, you know, looking to assess, like Nevin said, what, what land is available and how suitable is it for production. And then um, I think Nevin is working on um, a citywide urban agriculture program or plan through... Uh, is this the Design Trust for Public Space? Yeah, it's an exciting new project called Five Borough Farm, and it's it's designed to create the first urban agriculture plan for New York City. And it's got two components: one looking at, uh, that I'm working on, looking at um, as Aaron said, the available land and and what's the possibility for urban food production in the city. And um, I'm working with somebody who's developing metrics so that we we have good data on the the benefits of urban agriculture, how much food can we produce, and um, what are the side benefits of growing food in the city, like uh, getting getting youth involved who um, can, can learn learn skills and also um, uh, really work together in a community and, and, and develop self-confidence, uh, and greening neighborhoods that don't otherwise have, have lots of green space. Um, now... Um is this project like what phase of the what phase are you in? We're right just now? getting getting underway, so uh, it's all at the beginning phase, uh, and we'll be working on it for the next eighteen months. And um, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to come back to the show and, and tell you how we're doing. Yeah, that would be great. We would love to hear more and definitely um, see you know after these eighteen months uh, who's involved in terms of like the actual you know nitty gritty hands in the dirt work. <laughs> Yeah, and to your other question, I mean, it does, even if even if uh, Chris Quinn, uh, we'd, we'd love her to come to the event at the, at the Astor Center, but uh, even if she's not there, uh, the fact that we're having these events mean that uh, political uh, leaders are listening, and uh, we're going to suggest that people go home and actually uh, contact their local local legislator to let them know that they care about urban agriculture. Now, it seems like this stuff is doing a great job mobilizing the movement and getting people involved, but how many farmers do you guys actually work with and mobilize? Are they included very uh, closely in the conversations? I think that's the goal of of an event like this, is right. to get kind of all those groups at the table. So you're in mm-hmm. a room with the growers, with um, you know people working on the plan and the policy, and you know people, I think, also on the consumption end, you know, restaurants, um, consumers, People can kind of understand, like, what are the issues that we all share, um, but then also what ways are different and, and how we can best kind of support each other and think creatively about the needs uh, of each group. You know, there's not a ton, I guess there's not a ton of identified growers in the city right now. I think mm-hmm. there's a really strong, um, some really strong groups and mm-hmm. a few kind of standout people, and I think as as we delve more into the work, you know, more names will, will come up and mm. we'll definitely, I think, be looking to learn from them. So we're bringing out the closet farmer and people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there are other groups that actually are the interface, too. Stone Barns uh, has held sessions for young farmers to learn about farming. The Glenwood Center works directly with farmers on, on land use policy issues. So um, we're all connected to to these organizations who are actually helping to bridge that, that gap that uh, is smaller and smaller these days between farmers upstate and folks in the city working on the same issues. Cool. So why don't you guys give a little more information on Farm Camp and where people, if they're interested, might go to learn more or purchase tickets? 
of the, the room to grow. Pro- um, sorry, the right. room to grow. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sure. Um, so the event, uh, as Heather mentioned, is going to be held Monday, May 24th, mm-hmm. starting at 6.30. Um, you can sign up at uh, www.astercenternyc.com. Uh, tickets are $20 general admission. We've got about 75 spots um, total, so oh. there's room wow. There's room today. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll after be the show, we'll <laughs> be almost sold out. Yeah, the phones will be ringing off the hook. I know you um, can take one ticket away from me. I'll be purchasing my ticket after the show. I will be there. That's great. Yeah, so um, I think it's going to be a really interesting evening, and we're definitely, you know, all of the panelists, and myself included, are kind of coming up with our, our wish list for Urban Ag, trying to think of, like, what are, the, what are kind of the top three things that, you know, we can, we can say to consumers, to policymakers, mm-hmm. to people in the movement who want to get involved, you know, we're all kind of powwowing about putting together a list of concrete action steps so that we want to, you know, go to the talk, we want to feel energized, we want to feel enthused, but we also want to come away with some specific action, action steps. Yeah, I really look forward to seeing, you know, like the, the audience and the questions they have. Um, can you tell us um, who else besides Nevin will be on the panel with you? Yeah, we're going to have um, Brian Schneider. He's the executive director of the Pennsylvania Association for Sustainable Egg. Um, he's been working in that position since 2001, and Brian does a lot of speaking about, um, about agriculture in general, and he's really going to kind of set the stage for us drawing a big picture of kind of what's happening in the Northeast, what are some of the opportunities, what's some of the history, and he's gonna, then he's going to kind of shrink it down to, like, what's happening, you know, what are the opportunities for urban ag in New York City, and what are kind of some other models um, around the country and around the world that we can look to. And then we'll bring in um, Annie Novak. She's the founder and director of Growing Chefs, mm-hmm. uh, which is a field-to-fork education program. She's also um, the co-founder of Eagle Street Rooftop Farm, which is in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, it was a, it's a, a rooftop garden. They, they sell to community members, and they do some um, restaurant sales as well. She's our, our resident grower. Then, of course, Nevin, and then Catherine Salyard from EC Restaurant in Fort Greene. Hmm. Um, EC has been committed, you know, since it opened its doors in 2004 to serving sustainable foods. They're um, longtime supporters of Added Value, which is one of New York City's kind of oldest um, community farms uh, out in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Uh, when I asked Ian, who runs the farm, you know, I'm like, who, who's your go-to person? Who's, you know, your true believer that's been supporting you? And, and Catherine was kind of the first on his list. So mm-hmm. we're excited to hear from her from a, from a consumer, you know, and a restaurant professional and how she's found, you know, working with Urban Egg and what are kind of the benefits and what she sees as some of the opportunities. Awesome. We really look forward to doing a recap with you guys and seeing how this all went. Cool. Great. We would love that. We look forward to it. We look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to meeting you. Um, Today was great. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, We'll have you on again. Um, This has been the Heritage Radio Network's Farm Report. Heather Hyman, Jack Inslee. We'll be back live next Wednesday at 5. And as always, you can find us on iTunes or re-listen to this on our archives at www.heritageradionetwork.com. Thanks to Dan and Nat today. Thanks so much for being on with us, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Bye.